0: Producer
1: Niek No. No. No! No! What?
0: Hi, producer Nyeik.
1: Hi, Father Anthony. How are you? I'm doing all
0: right, actually. So what the heck are you doing here?
1: I don't know. I offered to be.
0: That's true. Father Harrison is busy at the moment being a pastor of 5,000 different things. And so now we have
1: producer Nick on the show. I wonder how many people are disappointed. Um, uh, how many listeners do we have? About 10,000 a week. Yeah,
0: so about uh, 10,000 people are disappointed. You've disappointed 10,000 people.
1: <laughs> there has to be someone who's like, oh, yeah, producer Nick episode. I mean, I'm mean, i sending this one to my mom.
0: Um, I mean... You are. That's that's what you're going to
1: (laughs) say. That's (laughs) probably what I'm going to do. I'm going to send it to my wife and be like, wife, listen, I'm on (laughs) the radio. (laughs) Excellent. Uh,
0: Well, thanks for uh, filling in for us, producer Nick.
1: Um, Of course.
0: So I have a question. Yeah. Are you going to take notes for the podcast to help you when you edit so you can edit faster? Because you can be like, oh, wow, that was obviously something stupid that Father Anthony said at minute 10 and like oh that was an awkward pause at like 334
1: it's just one button and i click it and it sets up a little marker and oh. i can go back boom 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 so it would be easier then oh so much easier oh that's fun mm-hmm.
0: so are you excited are you excited to be behind the microphone in a real way how do you feel it's extraordinarily fine Extraordinarily fine. Now, uh, I just, feel fine. Okay, that's 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 good. I was hoping for more excitement, but whatever. Uh, better than, than producer Riley, who continues to refuse to be on the show.
1: She snubs the show all the time. But really, uh, today, she has a really good excuse.
0: What? What could possibly be her excuse?
1: Well, um... What's her excuse? I don't know. I don't think she has an excuse. I don't think she wants to come on the podcast. Yeah, that's
0: what I thought. Don't lie for your yeah, wife.
1: Yeah, I was gonna.
0: But uh, I've had a lot of fun today, producer Nick. Do you know why? Why is that? Because a lot of people think that the day that we're recording this, March seventeenth, is St. Patrick's Day.
1: Yeah, because March, yeah, that March seventeenth is St. Patrick's Day. False. Okay.
0: Well, not exactly false, but uh, I was delighted. So I I love my pastor. He's a good and holy man, uh, mm-hmm. very respectful, very much lets me and the parochial vicar. Uh, we work as a team. It's great. So a lot of respect for him. But uh, the respect I have for him increased greatly. Because today, we celebrate day one of our Triduum of Masses to St. Joseph. So once again, the Irish potato eaters have failed and the Italians reign supreme. Because everybody knows Saint Joseph was Italian.
1: You're not gonna find any backlash from me. <laughs> like you're not Exactly. You're not gonna be like, Oh, I'm outraged. Mm-hmm. I mean, my wife did say, Make sure Father Anthony says happy Saint Patrick's Day to people. And she told me to force the issue. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I'm gonna get you to do that, am I?
0: Well, that's I mean, that's between you and your wife. But I was very proud of my niece, your darling little daughter, producer Indiana. Mm-hmm. Because Riley, uh, <laughs> make Irish potato face, I forget her, what her maiden name was, it uh, doesn't matter, uh, but uh, Riley had dressed her in some sort of St. Patrick's Day getup, is that correct?
1: Oh yeah, four leaf clovers everywhere, it, it was really cute.
0: Yeah, and then what did Indiana do in protest?
1: oh she took a massive dumpy straight through it it was a complete blowout (laughs) straight up the back straight up the back with poopy if you don't know what a blowout is you're a you're a younger listener i've learned what blowouts are i mean they're They're basically
0: what they sound like (laughs) i don't think
1: it's that complicated (laughs) they're super gross man so poop doesn't belong everywhere i
0: want to say a very happy saint joseph day triduum to producer indiana and also, oh. welcome to Clerically Speaking. I'm
1: Father Anthony. And I am producer Nick. Nick! What's going on? <sighs> yes. Well, I'm frustrated. Okay. What are you frustrated about? I'm frustrated. About, Nick? I, I've been running into this situation since maybe... High school where there's a huge misunderstanding that I would say the majority of the population does not understand Mm -hmm. And I I'm gonna take this rare opportunity of being behind the mic to bring it to you You're gonna speak truth to power. You're going to you're gonna
0: prophesy You're gonna stand up in your baptismal dignity and tell us a truth that people don't want to hear. I'm very excited for this
1: What do you call the chocolate and peanut butter snack? Mm -hmm. that uh, comes in a a cup, mm-hmm. two little cups. Unless you get the king size, you get four cups. Ooh. What what do you call that snack? Uh,
0: you you call it um, peanut butter cups.
1: Whose peanut butter cups are they?
0: Oh, they belong to uh, Monsignor uh, Reese. Is Reese's? They're his. He also has a lot of pieces. Reese's
1: pieces. Wow! So you get it. Do I? I'm confused. (laughs) There are people out there, Father Anthony, who have the audacity to call them Reese's. Reese's? Reese's. Well, that's not very respectful to Mr. Reese. Uh, Like Reese's Pieces. You're exactly right. You're beating me to... I I was going to get mad at it. I thought we were going to argue. But, like, Mr. Harry Burnett Reese (laughs) put an apostrophe S at the end of his name. And for some reason, people think that means that changes, that alters the first part of his name to be Reese. Reese? No, he was just Reese. Mm-hmm. Whose pieces of candy do those belong to? Mr. Reese's pieces of candy. Okay, they're Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. What's a PC of candy? Oh, it that's a Sounds kind of gross. That sounds like a growth on you. I'm like, oh, I got this PC growing on me. I'm
0: glad you're the podcast. Uh. We talk about blown outs and weird growths on you. Uh, but this is important. This is important because Mr. Reese deserves the respect because uh, we, we we really have no right to any of his candy.
1: It literally belongs no. to him. And yet. <laughs> and he's so generous, so generous to give it to all of us. Yeah. Well, the reason why I bring it up is is, is actually a spiritual thing. Okay. So whenever I do something bad in my brain, I think I need to be punished. I messed up this. I didn't get back to this person in an email Mm. or I'm too busy and I, um, I really messed up uh, and I didn't get back to my obligations or I didn't, and I just feel like terrible. I start self-shaming. I've taken on this practice of rewarding myself in the midst of doing something bad to remind myself that I am not a piece of crap. I am a beloved son of God the Father and therefore I should re- reward myself not with a PC a PC of candy. <laughs> a piece of candy from Mr. Herb no, uh, Harry Burnett Reese. Yeah. who gifted me that candy. Man, so that's kind of kind of uh, how the saints work too. You know, what uh, do you mean? helping
0: <laughs> us understand God's mercy through a particular individual. Kind of like the mm-hmm. rays of the sun hit a stained glass window and help us to appreciate something that we cannot see directly. And uh, Mr. Reese does that for you.
1: So who's the saint here? Is it me or Mr. Reese?
0: Uh, it's Mr. Reese. Uh, I mean, who knows who's actually a saint, but uh, that'd be a weird canonization to start. He's probably a Protestant. Let's be honest.
1: Speaking of weird canonization, why can't we canonize Martin Luther King? Right? Probably not Catholic because part yeah. okay
0: that's actually a good question that's a good question like you know so part of the reason why we canonize people is supposed we're supposed to emulate their life and while okay. martin luther king has a lot of like very good and christian values and he could not have done what he did without those christian values he was not catholic and so Ooh. on a very basic level at a very core level we cannot emulate his life as far as his faith um so basically the the short answer is he didn't accept the whole truth of the gospel. Which is not to say he's a bad dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, that makes it sound like he's a bad dude, Anthony. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is a Protestant. So I mean, This is like, not a
1: good look for you. This this is yeah, a bad yeah, look for yeah. you. Well, you. I mean, I'm
0: okay with this.
1: Oh no. I'll be
0: cancelled by our ten But honestly, that's the reason. Because like at the you know, the core of his faith was not Catholic. There was a lot of Catholic uh fruits. I mean, Protestants, uh Hold a lot of uh, truths that Catholics do as well. We acknowledge those as good and beautiful. And in many ways, I think he can be a hero for Catholics, but he cannot be emulated in the way that a saint can, because he does not accept the fullness of the gospel. That That's not saying he's a bad dude. It's just, that's the reason. Wow. Uh, so I think he's cool.
1: So if I wanted to, you know, write my local bishop advocating for the canonization and the saintly cause of Mr. Harry Burnett Reese and all the joy he's brought so many people. He would have huh? to be Catholic. Uh, I mean,
0: you could still write that letter. Um, but yeah, if he's not Catholic, there's not a chance. Also, I have I no know. idea if he was like a scumbag in real life or not. <laughs> like, who knows? Know. Maybe he like kicked people in the shin all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I know nothing about him. Other than he has bestowed upon us great peanut butter chocolate candy. Are you delights. saying that
1: if I kick people in the shin, the door to heaven is closed to me?
0: I mean, if that's like a part of your personality, the door isn't as open as it normally would be. I think that's fair to say.
1: I'm just, I'm just looking at this. He died of a heart attack. I'm like, oh, was it because of all the sugar you ate, Mr. Harry? <laughs> Maybe you should have laid off the race pieces.
0: <laughs> well it was because every time he did something wrong mm-hmm. and messed up and he felt very dejected, he rewarded himself with one of these delightful candies to make himself feel better. And that did have long-term effects on his health.
1: Oh no. Um, mm-hmm. That's terrible. If, if I was in a situation like that, um, that, that if I got a heart attack, it would be an emergency. But we don't deal with regular emergencies here on this show. No, we don't. Father Anthony, what kind of emergencies do we deal with on this show? Theological emergencies) <laughs> you For calling clerically speaking. If this is truly a theological emergency, please dial one at any time. Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet and I wanted to know is that a sin? Theological emergency. We'll take your call at 412 912 7995. <laughs> I can't. I can't introduce it and then there's my voice
0: again. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm. I've I have mixed emotions right now. It was a mean, great lie. segue. Oh, thanks. And Father Harrison and I are pretty famous for excellent segues. Yes. So the fact that you were able Only to one up best. us <laughs> is uh, a little troublesome. But um, anyway,
1: let's get to our first theological emergency. Wait, wait, wait. Can I tell you? I had something cool happen. You had a cool thing happen? Okay. I I was talking to one of our listeners. His name's Alan Cornette. We've mentioned Uh, him once or twice on the podcast before. And he said that one of the sticking points for him listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. were the bumpers, man. (laughs) Let's go. Helping people wait. to Catholicism. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to like. Theologica. No, no, no,
0: no, no, no. no. Sell down, sell down. Take a breath, take a breath. Uh, st- when someone says a sticking point, that means it's some kind of obstacle.
1: No, no, okay. All right. I I, I said bad You meant a
0: point that sticks him to the podcast, which is not yeah. how anyone uses that phrase.
1: Okay. First
0: theological emergency. <laughs>
1: hi this is matt garland from glorious southwestern pennsylvania
0: i have what may be a really stupidly dumb question but it's something that i've often wondered about and i was talking to one of my children about tonight and i i still can't figure out in my head um jesus died on good friday he rose from the dead three days later sunday is not three days from friday so how's it all work Thank you very much. Bye.
1: Well, Matt Garland, if that is your real name, I also don't know the answer to this. Um, And I've never like I'm like a catechist of children and they've never asked me this. But if they did, I'd be like, I don't know. And maybe they would doubt their faith because that's pretty central, right? It's three days later. Boom. Okay. Well,
0: before I give you the the clerical answer, let's let you um, waver and and flounder in your lay um, ignorance for a bit. Uh, So a kid tells you this. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of life and death of their faith. (laughs) You've got to pull out an answer out of your butt. What answer do you pull out? Producer Nick.
1: I would sit them in a dark room by themselves looking at nothing but a crucifix and a light on the crucifix, and I'd say contemplate your sins, you little twerp. That's
0: pretty good. Classic misdirection. Make them feel bad for asking a very reasonable question. Little bit of uh, shame. Little bit of shame. If you can't if you can't be attached to the church through love and faith, might as well just guilt them into it. Like make the church (laughs) some sort of part of their like deep psychosis. So okay. That's an option um the other option would be to give them an answer uh which this is my <laughs> understanding of it this is my understanding of it producer nick mm, mm. um it's a good thing you have a producer gig because oh my goodness uh no i'm kidding uh so producer gig um so it's not he will rise in three days is he will rise on the third day now on the third day he will rise is my understanding friday's day one saturday's day two sunday's day three because if he's going to rise three days from Friday, he's going to rise like four days. And that doesn't make any sense. So, so it's so, that
1: simple. So it's just like an, an English problem.
0: I believe so. I believe that's my understanding of that. Um, sadly, we don't have our the- resident theologian in the house, but I believe he will rise on the third day. Friday's day <laughs> one. Because Friday ends uh, in the evening. And then there's, so it's Friday and then Saturday. And then Sunday he rises.
1: You know how Father Harrison always says, Oh, there's probably like hundreds of people screaming at their cars right now. I'm like, There's probably one Canadian screaming at his car right now.
0: <laughs> no, he's too busy to listen to this podcast. He won't listen to it. <laughs> All right, Sweet. next theological emergency. Hey, y'all. It's Melissa from Washington, D.C., longtime listener, first time caller. I have a question about pets in the Catholic Church. I know we believe that pets don't go to heaven. But why do we bless them? Thanks. Bye. All right, Producer Nick. You're also Youth Minister Nick and General Spreader of the Gospel Nick. One of your teens comes up to you and says, (laughs) Oh, no. Will my (laughs) goldfish that I flushed down the toilet go to heaven?
1: Oh, what would I say? Yeah. Oh, I would take a different approach. So, So what I would say is like, when did that happen? Is the first question. I, I would get to know everything about where this kid was. Mm-hmm. So if he's in middle school, he's just he's just being a fool. But maybe <laughs> he's just
0: messing with you. Okay, yeah, that, you, you discern but, through your yeah. great pastoral listening skills, deep listening, yes. yeah. that uh he's genuinely concerned, or at the very least, he genuinely wants to know if his fish will be in heaven.
1: Mm-hmm. If he is genuinely concerned. He's like I really want to know cuz I really like my my Nemo that I flushed down the toilet. Mm-hmm. I would tell him that there's a pretty there's a possibility that your goldfish is in heaven. But that's not the important thing. You want to know the important thing is that you could go to heaven and when you're there it's going to be the best. Like we don't know for sure if your fish is in heaven. But you won't be worried about it when you're there. Now, as far as my personal answer, that's dumb. But I hope but, there's no. But, I hope there's but, no. G- but producer Nick, producer Nick, who's also my youth
0: minister, I love your podcast so much, <laughs> and I'm, I'm worried. But like, how can I? Will
1: I not love my fish in heaven? You'll be st- like, I, I, I it, it, now it depends on the grade here. If it's a <laughs> high schooler, I'm gonna let them have it a bit because they can handle it. I'll be like, okay, yeah, tell me the high school answer. I'll be like. So imagine this, you're standing face to face with God, the guy who created you, a a God who is so intense that if he showed your face to you here on earth, you would just sizzle up into nothing. You couldn't handle his goodness. Mm-hmm. His goodness is so much bigger, better than anything else that it would literally destroy you. You would implode if you saw God's face right now. So mm-hmm. imagine getting prepared through purgatory to go see God's face in heaven. It would be a goodness so intense that you can't even understand. And I know you think, oh, I'm an adult now. I've been confirmed. I know what goodness is. No, you don't. Not until you die and go to heaven. So your yellow, bitty cold fish going... Who gives a crap about your goldfish? I'd <laughs> probably say something like that. Well,
0: okay. Um, I would take a different tact. I would say, while you were flushing him down the toilet, did you say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> no, no. Because if you didn't, it's your fault. Your pagan fish went straight to hell because you didn't baptize him. Wow, no, uh, that's <laughs> bad. So I, We may have talked about this um, in uh, Don't Do This, uh, but we may have talked about this before. There's basically two lines of thoughts, that, um, ca- uh, that fish do not have eternal souls, they don't have intellect and will, um, and all animals, while they can show a kind of affection, they cannot show love in the way that human beings can. And yes, that makes more love complicated, and yes, that means your heart can be broken, and yes, that means that there's sin, but it's not the same kind of love, just is not. That's why your fur baby is not your fur baby. It's your dog that you like very much. And there is nothing wrong with having affection for your dog. But you cannot love your dog, and your dog cannot love you the way two human beings can. And certainly, your dog cannot love you the way God can. Okay, so that's just that baseline. Now, there is talk of a new heavens and a new earth. And the idea that anything that God has created, which is good, he does not ultimately let be extinguished. So is there going to be something like your fish in heaven? Possibly. Okay? So that's one answer, one way going about it. Um, And the other way is kind of where you were going um the love of god is so good that this will not be an issue for you and i think it also points to a certain thing that many of us have a disordered affection toward our pets where that we actually love them and care for them too much to the detriment of loving other people um and that's bad and that's something that may have to be purified in purgatory
1: but father but your anthony overall, yeah but if, if I'm mean to a dog, the dog will still like me. Like, dogs are so much less complicated. In fact, they're very easy to love. So what, why, why love and mm-hmm. care for people? People are mean and bad and sinful, but my dog? I just give him some food and some belly rubs, and my dog loves me.
0: Yeah, and therein lies the problem. So one of the great things is about Jesus Christ, who is love incarnate, was that while we were while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that's love we're supposed to emulate. And there can't be that same thing with animals. Now, I don't want, you know, sometimes people go overboard with this. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to be sad when your pet dies. Because that is a blessing that's been given to you by God um, to tr- teach you how to treat his creation well. It can be a comfort. It can be all those things. And you can be sad when your pet dies. There is nothing wrong with that. But if you genuinely believe that you will not be fully happy in heaven without your dog, Doggo, then there's something disordered there. There's something that needs to be worked out, and that's also, you know, we all have different stuff we got to work out. That's why, that's why we live the Christian life, and that's why there's purgatory.
1: So, okay, can I do? Can I do uh, yeah. a, a few like disordered or OKs with dogs situations? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Pepper me. Let's okay. See. All right. Cool. Mm. All right, um, uh, you your house is on fire. You get your family out, but your dog's still in there. Do you go back in for the dog? If I go, um, if it, I go back in for the dog, is that disordered or is that loving my dog? And is that that's well, all, okay? Well, it depends.
0: It, it's if you are genuinely putting your life at risk. Then yes, you that are. Would, okay, yeah. Then no, you should not do that because your oh. life is more valuable than that dog's life.
1: Okay, okay, here's another one. Um, Fido dies, and my kids are like, Fido! (laughs) And then you have, like, a little funeral in your backyard where you dig a hole, and you put Fido in there. You put him in a little casket, and you put a little gravestone that says, here lies Fido, you know, 2002 through 2022. Um, Disordered or fine? I think it depends, because, like, that might be helpful for the kids. Mm -hmm.
0: If you frame it in a way that, like, we are thanking God for this gift that we have been given— and now mm-hmm. we realize that 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 gift uh, in some sort of way returns to him via nature, you know, and it helps your kids deal with it. Uh, I, I think you can do that in a way that's fine.
1: Hmm. OK, um, here's another one. Ready? OK. Uh, when uh, a dog when you come over to a dog's house. Mm-hmm. No, wait, never mind. <laughs> you go to his house in the backyard and you crawl in there with him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. How about this? Sleeping uh, with uh, a dog like next to you for cuddles. Yeah, that's sweet. How about like I'm depressed. I've been diagnosed with depression, so I, I get a dog uh, to keep me out of my depression. I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, I mean... If it's not wrong to take medication for depression, which it's not, and that's a good thing for a lot of people, like having a little comfort there from a furry animal, yeah,
1: sure, why not? I've been married for 60 years, and my spouse died, and I'm sad, and the only thing that keeps me around is a dog, and I need to have a dog. Ooh, so that's
0: crossing a little bit of a line there. Like, if the only reason you have to live is a dog, then... Like, the reason you want to live should be to live out God's will in this world. Like, if getting a dog is helpful because there's another, like, thing in the house that you have to interact with and stuff, like, that can be good. But if your only reason for living is a dog, then you've missed the whole point of Christian living.
1: My wife and I can't have kids. This isn't about me. I, I have a cute little producer baby. But if, if my wife and I can't have kids and we've tried and, and scientifically we've tr- explored all the Catholic options. So we yeah. adopt a bunch of dogs.
0: Uh, I mean, there's something that is good about having a house that's full of life. And you generally can't have kids. That's a huge cross. A huge, huge cross. I don't minimize that at all. And having some pets is helpful you know psychologically emotionally there's nothing wrong with that you just have to not cross the line and act like they're your actual children they are pets and that's the difference there's a difference between a pet <laughs> and a child right so yeah as long as you have a, a a lot of this is about checking your own heart where is your heart with
1: this i trained my dog to go to the <laughs> to go to the fridge this is the last one okay this is grab, the last one to grab me a uh um, oh, A a can of mm-hmm. Canadian Labatt Blue beer. Okay. And bring the can to me so that I may enjoy it on my front porch. Disordered?
0: No, I think that's great. Because really, pets in the very beginning are for two purposes. Emotional comfort uh, and also tools. Like, you know, uh, farmers don't treat pets the way that suburban people do. Um, And they treat them as tools. Uh, And that's kind of why domestication kind of begins. Because this is a helpful companion to have around. So you have both those things. Mm -hmm. So if you can train your dog to get you a brew every once in a while, as long as you're drinking in moderation. That sounds great. Okay, but here's the problem, producer Nick.
1: (laughs) Okay. We haven't answered the person's question yet. Have you noticed? Exactly. (laughs) That is indeed the problem. So the question was, um, why do we bless them? Yeah. Who asked this? Her her name is probably not real. I don't,
0: yeah, it's definitely not real, but what's the fake name she gave
1: us? Oh, Melissa, Melissa, Melissa.
0: if that is your real name. So I'll give you a real reason and a cynical reason. And we'll do the cynical reason first. The cynical reason, uh, there's several. One, this is something our parish has always done, and if Father doesn't do it, that means he's a bad person, hates us, and hates Frodo. Frodo is the name of their dog, their token enthusiasts, Anyway, okay? (laughs) Second reason that's also cynical is that uh, I feel like my dog should be baptized, and a blessing looks like baptism, and I don't know a lot about the faith, so I'm happy when water is thrown on my dog. Okay? That's another reason. Do you think that Uh, happens? Was that... Do you think that happens? Oh, that most certainly happens. And this You've is something that... Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And sometimes... So, there will be some priests who literally refuse to bless animals for this reason. Uh, there are some priests who will bless animals to kind of get this person who isn't in the right emotional, spiritual state to understand something deeper. Like, okay, fine, bless your dog. Okay. But, you know, is it wrong to bless your dog? As far as, like acknowledging that this animal is a gift from God that can show you something of his of his love. not He can't love you in the same way, but just Elements. like all creation, the all creation uh, points to God's goodness and his beauty, to bless that, to set that aside in a certain way as like acknowledging this is a gift from God and blessing the animal with that intention. I can see that as being fine. Uh, so-
1: mm. Can we uh, expand this? Can I pepper you with questions on things that it's appropriate to and not appropriate to bless? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Blessing the brew, some beer blessing, some foamy beer. Why do you want to bless the brew? No, I'm... Okay, do I have to come up with that part? I thought you were answering the question. Okay, I'm blessing beer because beer's good, man. We're about to drink it. Okay.
0: Um, If you want to bless the brew, uh, Mm -hmm. acknowledging that it is a, once again, a gift from God, uh, using our intellect and God's uh, creation to make this delightful substance... God is obviously a fan of alcohol in a certain sense. That's what he used to uh, make into his own blood, uh, body, blood, soul, and divinity. This is a good thing. And we know that we want to drink in moderation and appreciate
1: this. Let's bless this. Totally cool. Okay. Um, blessing drinking water. Like, I want to drink this water. You want to drink the water? You want to bless... Like a ice cold water on a 95 degree day when the humidity is at least at 96% and you're mowing the lawn and you you don't want regular water. (laughs) You want less water. (laughs) So you walk over to the parish and be like, father, I'm parched.
0: It's a sacramental emergency. (laughs) Okay. So there, I mean, I've met some people that think blessing or drinking holy water is a good thing i i don't know about that i kind of hesitate i don't think it'll hurt you but um in general don't drink your parish's blessed holy water because it's probably been a metal tub there for a while and (laughs) while it is holy it's probably not sanitary probably finds like you know sprinkle on yourself you're not going to die or anything but drinking it i wouldn't do that Uh, but some people uh,
1: blessing a pond like a pond in my backyard i am not done
0: with my answer producer nick i've tolerated your questions. You wait for me to answer. You well, understand. You
1: know what the next one is when you're ready. Fine. Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Um, but like, if you're, I mean, we bless food in the same sort of deal as in Thanksgiving from God. That like we pray that this food gives us the health that we need to carry out His will. So fine. Last question. I interrupted you. S- let's, Go let's ahead. This
1: is the second to last question. I've got a couple. No, this knowns. is the last
0: question. Pick one. <sighs>
1: All right, blessing a pond in my backyard. Uh, Well, in the same sense that I think it's good
0: to bless your house, bless your property. Say this is a place that uh, I live in, thanks to God, and I want God to protect this place mm-hmm. and to set it aside, blessing your pond would be fine. If you just want unlimited holy water, it's like, well, there's something. Are we treating holy water like magic and I have all the magic? That's, yeah. But will I bless your pond on your property? Absolutely.
1: What about the rains? Up in Europe.
0: No, only the rains down in Africa. (laughs) That's why
1: when you you said I had one question left, I was going to (laughs) go from beer to H2O to pond H2O to fog (laughs) to mist to rain to clouds to rains down in Africa. It was going to be this long drawn out bit.
0: I think we still accomplished a bit.
1: Yeah, I think it was okay. It was okay.
0: All right, let's (laughs) do some pastoral (laughs) counsel.
1: Ugh. And now it's time for pastoral council, where the laity are empowered to say words. Oh, yippee! Ooh. Good for you, lay people! You have opinions! I'm sorry, I think I'm funny, you know? I know you think you're funny. That's why I'm here.
0: I mean, I think you're at the very least entertaining. You know what gets me fired up? what gets you fired up producer nick I want
1: to I want to tell you what gets me fired up and, and I'll just tell you in in producer nick terms and then you, can you just like expound upon it I'll give it a shot let's see like, how it goes like, like 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 I'll be the golden retriever who's like hey, hey, what about this and you can be like well I'll feed you I am your master <laughs> like that style of podcast you know okay <laughs> You catch what I'm saying? You smelling what I'm stepping in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm upset that in this weird
0: drawn out metaphor, you're not going to go to heaven. But okay, let's go.
1: Oh, that's pretty sad. (laughs) <laughs> I, I get all. I get really fired up. So I'm a youth minister, and everyone likes to tell me how I do my job, and, and I get cranky parents who tell me that I'm doing my job right or wrong or anywhere in between. But sure. uh, I'm, I'm having behavior problems. I'm having serious behavior problems in my middle school um, scenario, uh, middle school ministry. So we basically run an edition of what's called Edge, which is. Uh, a life team program, but we adapt mm-hmm. it because we have like basically 80 kids, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders come to learn something about the faith in an experiential sort of way. They have to go to it, which is tricky because I think edge is more aimed at people who want to go
0: um, mm-hmm. and
1: are interested in their faith. So with that being, with that being known, I approach it in a different way, but man, we don't have enough volunteers because like ideally for every like five kids you'd have one teen and then for another five kids you'd have an, one adult volunteer
0: mm-hmm. and
1: sometimes i only get like seven or eight volunteers and so it gets so rowdy and yeah. we're all experiencing the same sort of problem where um uh we we We're having troubles controlling middle schoolers now, of course, like, or or helping them behave in a manner that is conducive to people asking serious questions about their faith rather than goofing off. Because normally everyone, everyone kind of wants to know. Sure. Like, I'm asking big, daring questions and interesting stuff, and everyone kind of wants to know, but if their one friend is goofing, if, like, the kingpin is goofing around... Then the rest of them fall, man. And they fall hard. And they're they, they ready to pick up a chair and throw it at people if the first guy does does it. Um, well,
0: I mean, the, the whole idea of uh, the run-in, uh, of like running into the ring and, and disrupting thing has made for good wrestling television. We're aware of that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think you, it's a good point. Like there are, where are the values of a young person? Very often their values are trying to get their self-worth from those around them. So that will color how they interact in a situation. So that makes it difficult.
1: Yeah. And you can, you can even point that out to some of them, but I I had an interaction with a a teen once Mm -hmm. and a middle schooler rather, uh, that went like this. Like I, I, you know, he's the person kind of leading the pack. Right. And he goes, he, he says, uh, to me, like, I'm trying to uh, engage in what's called like relational ministry. If I'm Mm -hmm. your friend, Mm -hmm. then maybe you would trust me about this thing I'm talking about. This thing is going to be Jesus. Right. So I come up to him and he's messing around. He's making noises. He's shouting out. He's talking during the talk. He's giggling during prayer, like everything, but like super bad. Not even just a little bit I can tolerate. Yeah. Um, and I said, Hey, why are you making all those noises? And he goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah, but why are you doing it? It's like, I'm just trying to be funny. I'm like, you, I'm thinking to myself, you've been told this before. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's giving you the, the rehearsed answer. Right? And so I say yeah. to him, I'm like, well, the truth is, you are really funny. Like, I think you're funny. And he goes, oh, really? Like, he was... Like, when I went to do the empowering dad thing. Yeah. Like, like you know what? You are funny, but this isn't... I need you on my side, buddy. Like, yeah. you're not in trouble thing. He was like, oh, really? Great, Mr. Teacher Person.
0: I'm oh, like, so he was, he was, yeah.
1: Oh, he knew he's, he's heard that before. And then I'm like, what now preacher man? <laughs> I said, you have probably had so many of these conversations with adults that you would just do anything to get out of them. Wouldn't you? And he mm-hmm. goes, and then he goes, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, don't, don't act sad. Talk to me. Talk to me. I'm a person. You're a person. Yeah. He goes, I just, I just want to go sit down with my friends. I'm like, I, you can do that, but please help out. Otherwise I'm just going to keep talking to you in front of people. Like the only way to punish him would be to like <laughs> have an awkward conversation in front of people. And yeah. and and so, so, so that's, that's the story. That's a story, yeah. but like yeah. everyone, all the volunteers are noticing this, the high school volunteers and, and like some people get it and other people don't, but I, I believe in something called maybe it's called a million different things. It's just like relational ministry. Yeah, sure. Because one of the answers is I could yell and scream at them. Yeah. And what, what would you get if I just yelled and screamed at a middle schooler class and I just threatened to call their parents and yeah, what would happen?
0: Nothing's going to sink in. But
1: But what, what, what would the immediate result
0: be? I mean, you might get some order. Yeah. And that would
1: cause you less stress. Is order accomplishing our goal, though? I think
0: there's actually a deeper question here.
1: Oh, oh, okay. But so follow it out. All right, let me follow it out real quick. Yeah. Um, I don't think that getting order by yelling at someone would accomplish the goal. They would just be sitting there, like, thinking about something else. like, fine, I'll listen or whatever. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. And the important okay.
0: is trying to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's not an effective way of doing it. Okay. Right. Uh, but I think there's a deeper question. Uh, that plagues a lot of youth ministers and people in ministry and priests and myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because we've got like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. What you're saying about relational ministry and how you handle that situation was the absolute best that you could have. I mean, I can't imagine handling it the better way, you know. Do. Right, right, So why are we so, why do we think that ministry has to end in success? Well, that because- makes me mad yeah because it doesn't <laughs> and Jesus says this quite clearly that like your job I, and I'm not, I don't just mean that like you know what nah. God wants is not uh you know success but you know faithfulness whatever no 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 no, you're mostly going to fail hmm. like Jesus mostly failed <laughs> while he was on earth. big time yeah. who did he have next to him on the cross? Bunch of sinners, yeah. Well, he had Mary there, so she doesn't count. Oh, cri- some, uh, you know, she cri- had some criminals. Yeah, and one of them, one of them was good. Cool. He's got the beloved disciple John, and you know, a few other women. And okay, I mean, what were the kind of crowds he was getting at his life nights? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was getting huge crowds at one point.
0: Yeah, if you had five thousand kids in your youth ministry program you could would sell like, all the books you could <laughs> oh, give all the man. talks you could
1: charge thousands of dollars someone someone talking your parish i <laughs> if i had five thousand teenagers i would call the pope and be like i'm doing something wrong i think
0: something's wrong <laughs> something's wrong but, it like I'm but you're afraid. right though yeah because it, but you know, i was talking to the youth minister about his frustrations with you know um uh, with the diocese and things and programs and stuff. And you're just like, why do you think your plans are going to succeed? Mm. Like, most of your job is to fail.
1: It's funny. That reminds me of uh, my one of my friends who's a middle school youth minister in a, a part time high school. Um, his name is Don. And he said, You know what, youth, for my first day of youth ministry, he says this to me. And yeah. I did not get it. But I think yeah. this is getting to the point. He's like, you know what? You know what youth ministry is, Nick? I'm like, what? He's like, imagine taking your heart. giving me it to the teens. They stomp all over it. And then you take that heart and you give it to Jesus and he heals it because that's what he does. And then you give that heart back to the teens and they take a dump on it. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't holding back. He's yeah. like, you give it to Jesus and heals it. and It keeps happening over and over and over and over again. And if you don't want that, don't be in ministry. I was like, I don't know what that means. So I don't know if I want to be in ministry.
0: Yeah, nope, I think there's something to that. Because, um, mm. like, there's this idea that, like, if I'm just faithful enough, if I'm just holy enough, if I just trust enough, then this thing will happen. And look at, like, all the prophets who were mm-hmm. ignored, stoned, thrown in a well, abused, killed, martyred. Look at all the martyrs. Look at St. Stephen, the first uh, uh, one of the first martyrs um, after Christ. Uh, like, you know preached the gospel, stood up for his faith, had utter faith in Christ, and converted
1: zero people. Um, At least at first, right? So what you're Uh, saying is in order for me to be successful at youth ministry, (laughs) I must martyr myself. (laughs) Yeah. No, what I'm saying is success isn't the goal.
0: Living like Christ is. Like, it's your job to be a victim as a Christian.
1: And leave the rest to God. Okay. Like what? You, you So I, I'm getting it. Yeah. Be like Jesus. Like get your heart trampled over and stuff, and and uh, try 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 your best. Say say gospel things that some people will like and some people won't like, and some people will stop coming. And and, and stuff. Um. Okay. Uh, so
0: like, love is its own reason. Right that you do this because you love these teens. Mm -hmm. You don't know them all perfectly well, you know? But Mm -hmm. on some level, as much as you can, you love them, or else you would not be doing this job. Because in many ways it is thankless. And just to put it to a side, there are successes in ministry, and there are Mm -hmm. beautiful, and there's truly miracles that happen. Whether you are just living your regular Christian life, working at the bank or whatever, and like the Lord will show you some things. But there is a certain mystery in that to be truly quote unquote successful is just to live as christ lived mm. and i think that we as a church think that if we do everything right we'll be successful
1: okay so why is that why are we so into the because because here, here's the thing i have a team of maybe seven people who do that who actively let yeah. themselves be victims to um, the teens. And actually some teens listen to this right now. And so they, they, I don't think they would be surprised to hear me sure. say that or anyone say that, that we do our best to just be Jesus to other people. Yeah. Um, okay. And because of that, I have people coming to my youth group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people yeah. actually come. It's one of the bigger ones in the diocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have 43 kids coming to our spring retreat. Okay. Uh, in a week, pray for us. Pray for us. Yeah. Yeah. If you get this on the drop date, pray for us. Um, so there's got to be something to it. Like, that's yeah, how you sure. get numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How many teens are in your parish? <laughs> oh, no. There's a lot. I think there's and you like 43. I think there's like 500. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're a failure.
1: <laughs> then why are you, then why are they
0: paying me? They're paying you because failing is what we do as the Catholic Church. <laughs> Wait, okay. no. So, I'm trying to get at the point. Is, uh, that
1: the, is that the cover of Matt Kelly's next book or Father Malone's it should next be. book? Or, it should be. But, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. Some people and would I, hear I, this I, and they would be so mad at you, Father Anthony. Good. because Well, we have to do something and blah, 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 right. blah. Right.
0: And I I mean, okay, so I, I'm, I'm actually working this out as I talk to you because it's something that's been like bubbling in the back of my brain for a long time now. Well, it's something that you
1: guys talk about on the podcast. You're like, Oh, programs stink. And then I'm like, yeah, but programs have been bringing people in and then people come talk to me and saying it changed their life. So yes, exactly. uh,
0: uh, Right. right, right. So like, you know, programs is a tool to do the things that you do. That's good. You know? Okay. And there are tips and tricks and also deep prayer and faith and all this stuff. Um, is helpful and good
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I'm not denying any of that right but the church has always been both big and small <laughs> like there's something about like there are people who go to who mass who have almost no faith and people who are more saintly than me I don't think it's our job to to worry about that um, and not to worry it's like to care to love Mm-hmm. but failing is a part of what we do. Uh, the one quote, of, um, I'm going to just paraphrase it from Tolkien, mm-hmm. was basically, like, all of history is a long defeat with hints at a final victory. And I think that's right. Like, yeah, I think it's good to have your your meetings, see what programs work, do all that stuff, To and but I think it's important because you are using all the gifts God has given you, and ultimately, and this is important. Sometimes we 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 oftentimes miss this part, trusting in God's providence, and there's gonna be failure in that, and that's a part of what we are as Christians. Like everyone has experienced this, like you know, when you are you're a faithful person, you're studying up really well you you think you're your fault and then someone asks you a question and you thought that you had a chance at converting them and you just don't know the answer and you look at god and be like why like i've been faithful i've been good it's like well failure is a part of this and failure doesn't mean that you've done something wrong i think that's a big oh, thing okay, i think so failure it, mean like failure doesn't mean you've done something wrong which is why i'm able to say this in a halfway cheery voice Um, Mm -hmm. It's not a moral failure, it's just the fact that there is sin in the world, there is free will, there is God's timing, which is not ours, and like, a lot of the saints we canonize, their lives were miserable failures. Mm -hmm. Like, St. Paul, in a certain sense, was a miserable failure. We think he's the greatest (laughs) evangelist ever. How many of his churches still exist and are in union with Rome today? None. None. I, I, there might be some I'm not gonna you know but the point is and also like those letters he was writing he was writing to at most hundreds of people <laughs> at most you know <laughs> like on a, like a big place like Corinth maybe a hundred people or whatever you know and, and biblical scholars can get more precise about this um <laughs> and and, and it, it's just because at the end of the day I think God allows this because what saves is the cross so when you mart- what you're describing in um Silly, but serious terms about getting your heart pooped on. Uh, <laughs> this, this is living the cross. Okay, You are living the cross of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, that's what's going to matter. And I can't tell you exactly how that's going to work mechanically. And who knows? But I think, like, for example, that interaction. You did everything right and you failed.
1: Uh, it, so uh, hearing you talk about... Uh, Being a a failure, that's just kind of a a thing that we we do as Catholics and stuff. And I'm applying it to youth ministry. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what I do? I see that a lot because, like, someone um, someone leaves youth ministry and they were following the youth ministry Instagram account and you were following them. And then you just see how their lives pan out on social media and you're like oh you don't believe in much do you other than yourself and feeling good and appearing good and all the things that you talked about in identity and you just you feel like you, you, you 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 know other people become youth ministers. Like I, I'm the product of a youth minister um, mm-hmm. and, and plenty of other wonderful people. And that's people. the
0: true sign of salvation is if you become a youth minister.
1: Indubitably. <laughs> but, uh, but okay. So my mind stepped away from ministry and it thought about parents. Cause I'm one of those. Oh yeah. Because I'm going to try to do the same darn thing to my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to raise them in the faith. Yeah. And there are parents listening to this podcast who have kids and they try to raise them in the faith. And they are, they absolutely, because I, I talk to them, they absolutely point to things that they should have done mm-hmm. and that they could have done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that they feel like they're a total failure in bringing their children, the people they brought into this world, the pre- people they have the most responsibility for, are falling away from the faith. That's like the most common frantic thing out there is, yeah yeah, know, yeah. The millennials leaving the gen z gen gen whatever was the newest one I, I i know him but yeah i'm like if you're a parent that's even a harder pill to swallow does it apply does the same thing of you're nodding your head yes
0: yeah sorry i was i was letting you keep going yeah um so i think here's another thing we have to come to grips with and oh, I, no. I i have to come to grips with it as a priest That I am going to be some people's, in a certain way, greatest blessing and greatest cross. And parents are going to be that too.
1: What do you mean? What does that
0: mean? Like, um, you can do, even the best parent is going to fail. Like, you can do things. I was talking to my buddy Carl the other day. Mm -hmm. And I see that him and his wife, Erin, are great parents. And his immediate thought is all things he does wrong. I'm like, yeah you do do those things wrong. Like, <laughs> tell me example of a thing that he did wrong. Like, yeah, that was yeah. wrong. Uh-huh. You're still an excellent parent. And that's hard for you to see. But me who deals with a lot of people, I have my own life experience, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's both of those things. um, And it, it comes down to like, because we were talking about, you know, his parents and the parents as well. Like, and he has a lot of critiques about the way he was raised. And it was very difficult in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things he deeply remembers is that he was never afraid to talk to his mom. Hmm. Now, at the end of the day, what really matters? Like, it matters how you loved your kids. And yes, you're a, a fallen, sinful human being. Mm-hmm. And, and all that. And a lot of times we have mixed motivations you are going to fail sometimes. So the question we have to ask ourselves is do we really trust in God and do we realize that even our own children don't belong to us?
1: Oh, that sucks.
0: This is one of the greatest crosses as uh, as a parent. I'm being like dead serious. Like you can look at little Indiana Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: your love for her is insane. Yeah. And I know that because I love her very much and I know you love her more.
1: Yeah.
0: And Riley loves her more, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: She doesn't belong to you. Yeah. That's a difficult thing with love that's very powerful. Mm -hmm. It can very quickly be twisted into a kind of selfishness. And I'm not saying this to make anyone feel bad. This is this is this is a part of the struggle, right? This is why family life is a cross. This is why family life is no less heroic than the priesthood, even though it is more common. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like. This gets to like the real heart of faith. When you look at your beloved daughter there, or your son, or wherever you know, like I, it, it, they, in in a lot of ways, they will always be your child. Yeah. But ultimately, they don't belong to you. And do you trust that the cross of Christ can even heal the wounds that you have inflicted upon them?
1: Oh man, I would hope so. <laughs> right. I think yeah. So like, I think to myself. Oh man! So I'm am a fresh, I'm a fresh parent. Yes, I'm like a five month parent. Yeah, and um, gosh, like to consistently give my daughter over to the Lord would be a heart is is a thing that I know that I should do, am doing that sort of thing, man. Because yeah. I know uh, oh, that's just such a foreign concept. That's such a heavy concept to say mm-hmm. to say I have to give my God. You know what it is? It's a wake-up call. Because if if I can't give my... That, that's exactly what it is. That's I think that's why it, it would be the toughest pill in the world to swallow is I haven't given myself to the Lord, and you're expecting me to give my kid? Mmm, yeah. Now we're getting at it. So, all right, I'm a person listening to this podcast, hypothetically, and uh, I'm hearing that I need to give my kids to the Lord, but I don't even trust myself with the Lord. And I'm feeling, because when big things like this happen to me... Um, yeah. I immediately feel like shame and guilt, and like I'll never be good enough. And so I go down this dark tunnel, and I know I'm not mm-hmm. alone, and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Like, yeah. I'm not good enough. And I brought this kid into the world, and I wasn't prepared to do that. Maybe I, uh, you know, something like that. Because, um, I mean, Riley and I always joke, um, like, we're, we're always hooking up Indiana with like some other. You know, some other kid. I'm like, hey, some other baby. Like, yeah, you can marry ab- my daughter. We're all about arranged <laughs> marriages. And Riley goes. Riley's the first to say it, and, and she means it down to her yeah. core because she's like a yeah. missionary type of person. She's like, yeah. unless she wants to marry the Lord Nicholas, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and become a religious sister. I'm like, oh, we're gonna promote that in the family. I thought to myself, huh, that's gonna be that's gonna be a hard thing to do to let her go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would have to encourage that. Mm-hmm. And, and and die die to myself cuz there it, it's it's not like selfish that I want to hang out with and, and be with my kids for forever and ever. But it could be? Yeah. Ooh.
0: Yeah. And what you say about a, a wake-up call? It's it's not a thing that you have to choose to do as much as it's a thing you have to choose to acknowledge. Mm. Like because that's the reality. On, on a very basic level, like yes, like your job is to in a v- very like real way to feed Indiana and to make sure she sleeps and to make sure she has tummy time <laughs> and give her love and affection and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. But you do not decide whether or not she like exists. Like yeah. we all are radically dependent on God. And that giving over. Is really just acknowledgement of reality.
1: Yeah, but that, huh, that's like a, a reality that is incredibly easy to ignore when you have all this fleshy, worldly, mattery stuff in front yeah. of you. Yeah. That means that the prayer part of you, that's kind of a hobby, and it is for me sometimes. Sometimes it's a sure, nice thing to saying? read about, a nice thing to pray, and I'm like, oh, Jesus told me, love me today, and that makes me feel really happy. It has like really big and heavy radical implications to my normal suburban life right that means
0: that you have to radically rely on the lord and that is the only sane way of living and yet you and it sounds
1: insane though but it it sounds insane but once you acknowledge reality it is the only choice that makes any sense (laughs) so if mr harold harry burnett reese yeah Gave his whole life in his normal daily activities. He he gave his whole company to the Lord of yep. Reese's pieces and his children, if he had them. I don't know, yeah. and uh, his little pieces. <laughs> all, all of him, his little pieces. Um, <laughs> that that he would he would be a saint today in a, in the same kind of radical way, and I mean it as the ones who did these big stories. Yeah, because that's just and, as radical and. He yes. would have still failed a lot. Oh no, he wouldn't have. You tried that peanut butter and chocolate. No, you know what? The dark chocolate ones. Yeah, he failed. He failed. <laughs> when, exactly. when, when, okay. when he introduced dark chocolate uh, and peanut butter together,
0: it just wasn't as good as the classics. Oh, and realizing in your heart that you are not ready to do this thing, and you you're saying how like that makes me like like am I even faithful at all? You go into a spiral of self-loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, That doesn't come from God. When we realize how far we are from God, we should actually rejoice because that's something that God has shown us. And why does God show us this? Why does He show us our sin? Why does He show us our (laughs) failure? Because He means to heal it, He means to fix it, He means to bring us to Himself. It's it's kind of cliche, but the first step is admitting you have a problem. Like <laughs> it's like God Lord, is doing this to rub it in. Like Satan does that. Satan accuses us. Like so he said he sees your sins and says you're a horrible person. God sees your sins and says, I want to heal that.
1: And Lord, so Lord, why wouldn't you use taking me to Disney World as your means of drawing me closer to you? You choose my failures. You choose my sin. You choose the things I'd rather not do. Um, Not to say that means I get to sin a whole bunch so I can be closer to God. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because even the thing you fear the most or the thing you hate the most about yourself does not stop God from loving you. And if your entire spiritual life was going to Disneyland, (laughs) you would have a deeper and more painful and existential doubt does God really love me or is it just convenient for him?
1: Man, if your love for things of this earth were, was the, was received only as a person receiving licks from a golden retriever on the face after a long day of work, it's not as good. It's true. Like that's why the, we sound, Oh, that's why it's not harsh to say. Mm-hmm. That's why it's not harsh to say that your dog doesn't love you. Cause Jesus, yeah. cause if you hit your dog, your dog will run away. Yeah. Yeah. But you you kind of hit Jesus, you nail him to the cross with every one of your sins. <laughs> I mean, he literally doesn't run away; he actually gets closer oh to you. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. What a full so, circle episode. Do you, yeah, you have but let's point, up, because yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, Let's get back to youth ministers, and this is actually a good segue into it. Yeah. Um. So you're a youth minister. You work at a church, or you're, and this applies to so we talked about. I'm glad we talked about parents stuff. Or you're just a single person, and like. Sure. I mean, we know a lot of single people. We've been to a lot of single people at times. And and it feels the same way. You're just doing your best and there's no <laughs> husband. And you're doing your best and there's a wife like, and you're a good person. And like, okay, so all that, all that fits into this. Okay. okay, Okay. In those moments, God is inviting you deeper into his love. Like, yeah, so if you experience the cross, I'm not going to run away from you. What are you going to do? And even if you do run away, I'm still going to be here. I'm never going to leave. But now that you've experienced this this crushing of your own heart, I know and you have to be radically with me because I'm the only one who can help. And it's not like a manipulative thing he's literally the only one no human being can do that no like he's like i i i know and i want to heal you but now you have to decide am i enough and if you're unsure i'm willing to show you Mm. but you have to respond and so when you're in ministry when you're in single life when you're in parenthood don't you see what it means to be christian now this whole thing, this whole book that Father Harrison wrote about being in Christ, the sacramental worldview, this whole this whole thing is like, this is, you know, the whole thing about like, we're called to be saints, mm-hmm. isn't this super optimistic thing. It's the only thing that makes sense.
1: It's not a Catholic way of framing my natural sensibilities that the culture gives me. Sure. It's, yeah. it's It's different it is
0: and the only thing that makes it make sense is love
1: yeah so what else you want to talk about I want
0: to say (laughs) thank you for listening
1: (laughs) oh that was good
0: yeah Uh, don't say it's good because it's you're, you're on the podcast that sounds you know very present no. once again no let I'm, me pull up the uh
1: the script you know how sometimes you fail in ministry well this podcast was a success for me <laughs> that's good it's, in, it's good to take the
0: wins too sometimes the lord gives you a win and you take that isn't um, it the best though yeah it though? is it is. Yeah. it is it's nice and and like so we're not without uh but a lot of times we need advice and comfort and truth during the losses (laughs) we do need during the wins too anyway let's not get into a whole nother topic Mm. thank you for listening please leave a review on itunes and tell your friends about the podcast tell your enemies too because jesus says we must love our enemies you can find me failing in ministry you can find me
1: at papa Sharapa on twitter if you can spell it (laughs) you can't
0: contact the podcast and receive updates at Clerical clericalpod on twitter find us on facebook youtube or email us at clerically speaking at gmail.com you also if you have a theological emergency call 412-912-7995 412-912-7995. This is for theological emergencies only. So don't be like the person who called my parish asking what kind of sides we had on our, for our fish fry on our emergency hotline. It's not for that. I'm not going to tell you what sides. We have no sides. Just theological answers. I
1: thought that was the crunch.
0: No, they don't have any answers. Peace. God bless.